The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. An argument arose among the disciples as to which of them was the greatest. But when Jesus perceived the thought of their hearts, he took a child and put him by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. John answered, Master, we saw a man casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him, because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, Do not forbid him, for he that is not against you is for you. The Gospel of the Lord. So the gospel today is a uh, the uh, the last piece we dealt with in yesterday's gospel, and then the beginning piece we dealt with on Saturday. And so we can, uh, as Scripture is a infinite source of wisdom and light, we can always go back to these scenes and draw from them maybe a little bit more insight, a little bit more understanding. And so I'd like to uh, just bring up maybe three points from some of the church fathers again. Two points from Saint Cyril and one from St. Ambrose, uh, which I thought were particularly uh, beautiful when I was looking at them last night. And so just to set the scene again, what has happened, and so in this chapter of Luke's Gospel, the Lord has spoken to his disciples of his coming crucifixion and his passion and death, and then they have gone to the transfiguration. After the transfiguration, they have come down the mountain. You've had the healing of that uh, the, young, the young man, the... Uh, the man's son who is possessed by a demon. And after this, the Lord speaks to his disciples again of his passion. But he says to them, and I think this is particular to St. Cyril's point, he says to his disciples, let these words sink into your heart. And so what St. Cyril says, when the, especially here, when the Lord perceives the thought that is beginning to fester in his disciples, which is a thought of vainglory, right? Who is the greatest among us? As a good gardener, if you will, of the soul, what he immediately does is he reaches out to uproot that poisonous thought, the thought that might disrupt and disturb all of the goodness of their soul. And so he is, in, a very, in the very truest sense, the gardener of our interior, the gardener of our soul. And so not only does he uproot the weeds, these initial thoughts that can become uh, vices, what he also does is he plants into the soul his word. And so what we have just before this scene is the Lord saying to his disciples, lay these words into your heart. Keep these words in your heart. Because the words of Christ, the word of God, is the seed in the soul when it is planted in a soul of, with, uh, that, it has, that has grace, what happens is the word becomes the seed of virtue, the seed of good thoughts, the seed of sanctity. And so what the Lord is doing as this good gardener, if you will, of the soul, 
is he is uprooting these initial movements where he sees in his disciples these thoughts of vainglory. He uproots them, he weeds out everything that should not be there, but he is also placing into their soul the words, uh, his own words, right? But what's interesting also in this particular chapter is there are two moments where we are told to listen to Christ. One is here just before this by himself where he says those words, as we've said, lay these things up in your heart, but also when he is on uh, the mountain of the transfiguration and there it is the Father who commands us, the Father who says, this is my beloved Son, listen to him, listen to him simply meaning take everything that he says and lay it up in your heart. There's nothing further that the Father asks us on that mountain of the glory, right? Where the glory of the Lord shines forth. The Lord, the Father says simply, this is my beloved Son. So he tells us what is the love of his heart, which is his Son. And that love that he has for his Son is the Holy Spirit. And so the Father is showing us whom we should love, which is the beloved himself, but also what we should do with this beloved of the Father. We should listen to him. We should receive his word. And so in that way, the word of Christ should be planted in our hearts. So that's the first um, kind of idea that St. Cyril was pointing at and developed on a little bit. But then also the other thing that St. Cyril says is to do with glory, right? So he says what's moving in the hearts of the disciples is vainglory, which means a desire for glory for themselves. And he says that, that for the Christian, the only glory that should be sought is the glory for Jesus Christ. And so we see, do all things for the glory of God. That is what we are called to do in this life. And so we lay up in our hearts the words of Christ, and our life should then be a seeking to glorify him, to glorify him and to pour out upon him all of the praise and glory that is due to him. And so we have that opportunity whenever we come to Mass, whenever we also come to Eucharistic adoration, where the Lord is present in our midst. The same beloved of the Heavenly Father is present to us as the person to whom we can also then love in the Holy Spirit, but also that we then take his words and we read through the scriptures and we plant those seeds into our heart, the seeds of virtue, the seeds of sanctity, the seeds of good thoughts. And so then, just as we move then past that, so it's this, uh, the Lord uprooting from the soul vice, planting into the soul his words and his virtue and his grace. And then what happens is you have what we dealt with yesterday, which is St. John asking the question, we saw a man casting out demons in your name and we forbade him because he does not follow with us. So we looked at that in a particular light yesterday. But St. Ambrose makes a very interesting point. And he says it's that because we also cannot rashly judge any souls because we do not know what certain souls will do when the time comes for them to act. And he gives the particular example of Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. And so he says you have in the gospel these two figures who they follow Christ although they follow him secretly because of fear. And so they don't manifest their following of Christ as they should. And if they were to be judged before the time, you would think that these souls were particularly weak. And when the trial comes, these souls will obviously be the ones who abandon Jesus. But we see that that is not the case. Because when the passion of Christ comes, so when eventually all things come to a head in the life of Christ, 
It is those two souls whom everyone else might have thought are the weakest of the souls are the ones who begin to shine. They are the ones who show up at the cross when the apostles who might have thought themselves to be the strongest are the ones who are not there. And so St. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus as well, at the time when they are needed, at the time where it comes to a point or to the head, they are the ones who show up. They are the ones who come to the cross of Jesus Christ and they end up doing what maybe his disciples should have done, which is they have care for his body, they have care for his mother, they do all of these things for love of Christ. And so what St. Ambrose is trying to point out is that we cannot judge what we perceive to be a weakness, a present weakness in souls, because we do not know what might be their future glory. And so we don't write off anyone yet, and we also don't presume upon our own strength, so that when the time comes, we don't flee from Christ. We pray for the grace of final perseverance, and we also pray for those whom we might consider weak, that at the time they might prove to be the ones who actually step up in the moment. When the moment presents to them an opportunity to show their love for Christ, they might do that. And so I thought that was a very beautiful insight from St. Ambrose. And so just to summarize again, the Christian, it is proper for the Christian not to seek our own glory, but to seek the glory of Jesus Christ. Also, it is proper for us not to allow any thoughts that can begin the vices or sin within us to even begin in our hearts, but rather we plant into our hearts the words of Jesus Christ, that those words might spring forth into fruitfulness and into virtue. And lastly, that we judge no one before the time, but that we encourage all to sanctity and we pray for ourselves for a perseverance that we might also reach the goal of becoming saints. Amen.